What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Academics on Amigos Season 2. Dos. Yeah, we're here. I'm super excited to have this next person with me today. Uh, my next guest, she's a long, long time friend of mine. Like we've known each other since elementary school, like uh, back in the El Paso Clardy days. And um, now she's doing some really cool work and really amazing things. And um, I'm really, really happy to say that my friend Monica Baumgartner is my guest for this uh, uh, first season. I mean, first episode of the second season of Academics and Amigos. And so just a little bit of uh, like uh, a little bit about uh, Monica. Um, uh, so she's a nutrition health and fitness expert. She's a certified personal trainer in women's health, and she's also an entrepreneur. Um, you know, she's, she uh, has her own business going called the Bomb Body Fitness. Uh, and I think that's really cool because I also helped design that logo for her. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, was, that was back in the day when I was still doing graphic design. But uh, Monica, how are you doing? I'm great. I, uh, you know, doing the best I can with all this quarantining. I feel mm -hmm. like we're in like a state of quarantine purgatory. So I'm doing all these things to like stay busy. Currently, I know nobody can see me, but I'm sitting outside uh, on the patio by the pool. So. Oh, that's a nice, that's you know, a nice. Sunshine. Yeah, that's awesome. Like that's a nice uh, environment to be in, uh, being one with nature. Yeah. <laughs> also, I forget, before I forget to mention this too, you're also a dog lover and we got to give a shout out to your dog because your dog is a huge part of your life. She really uh, is. Tate. I love Tate. You know, I, I got nothing but love for Tate. She's the sweetest dog ever. Yeah, I got her when she was um, six weeks, eight weeks old and she will be 13 in January. So she's lived a really nice long life in air conditioning and, uh, I got to also shout out all the people who have helped take care of her over the years because God knows I couldn't have done it alone. So uh, like thanks the, to them. Tate is such a sweet dog. She is like the sweetest, most friendly black lab ever, you know, and then my family just recently got a black lab too. So no, you know. I saw that. Enjoy her. I, I wish like I'm, I I'm out of town right now. Sometimes I don't because I don't miss her chewing on stuff. But. Yeah, my, my family just keeps telling me about that, that she's chewing on this, chewing on that. She, the backyard is crazy right Lord, now. Lord, you got to get her toys and play with her all day long. Those do my dog's very needy because she has been <laughs> by my side, and she expects love and affection 24-7, which is fine. I conditioned that, so. But, I mean, they're the she's best, got heart. She's very social, like. She is very social. She'll be laying on the sidewalk and somebody walks by and she starts wagging her tail. She's like, oh my mm -hmm. God, a human. And that's kind of how I feel yeah. when I see other people too, which is yeah. good because that, I mean, I work with other humans in my job, so I have to be excited to like work mm -hmm. with people. And it's pretty cool to see how she's kind of taken that on as part of my personality. Like I'm social, so so is she. And she also is a part, like she'll join you all in your workouts. And sometimes she'll even like, you'll post up some of your workout videos on social media and stuff. And then Tate's in the background, just laying down and, or somebody will be working out and Tate's just there hanging out. So yeah, she's become kind of like the mascot of. She's gotten smart over the years where now that it's hot outside and she's a bit older, you know, mm -hmm. um, she, uh, I'll ask her to come outside and she, she mostly won't when it's really hot, but when it's a little cooler, she'll come hang out and then she'll ask to go back inside. But yeah, sometimes I drag her dog bed outside with me and she, she sits off to the corner while I, uh, while I work out. I used to take her tennis ball and in between sets, I would like throw it down the parking lot 
because I lived in an apartment before and worked out in my garage there. And it was a it was a good multitask activity because she could she worked out and I worked out. That's cool. That's awesome. She trained for a half marathon with me too. Oh really? Like five, yeah. Oh wow, that's super cool. We ran, we ran a whole lot. So did she actually do the marathon with uh, half marathon? No, with you? no, no. The furthest I ever took her was like eight miles. So when it got longer than that, I took her at home because I figured ten miles, ten, twelve, thirteen miles is a lot for a dog. Um, and I couldn't guarantee that it would always be like early, early. Where it would mm-hmm. be cool, you know. Um, but we've we've taken some dangerous trails, like at night. I used to run at night after I got off work, and we went down some some road that had like no street lights. Twenty two twenty two. If people are familiar with Austin at night, is uh, pitch black, and mm-hmm. we got honked at, and we got lost, and we accidentally went on an eight mile run that night. But after oh, wow. that, I knew she could handle it, so that was the furthest I ever took her. Mm, okay, cool, cool. In very good shape though. She is. She is. You love to hike. She's been to the Ozarks. Like, I'm active, so she's active. But she now we have a wagon because she, uh, she's not as active. Mm-hmm. She's even on like less active dog food. It's crazy. Oh, well. Shout out to Tate. Super. She's she's the best. So shout out to Tate. Yeah. All right. So, you know, you know, you're kind of mentioning all this, uh, even in just this little brief conversation that we had, but I'm interested in like, how did you get involved with health and fitness? And um, just kind of give us a little backstory about yourself, Monica. Okay, cool. Um, when I was uh, a kid, I was very active. I grew up in a small town until I was 10 years old. I lived in Denison, Texas. And uh, I did a lot of rollerblading. I was in karate for three years. I almost got a black belt. It was something that my dad and I did together. Um, And then, you know, when I got older, I wanted to be a cheerleader. I wanted to play volleyball. I wanted to run track. And it was track that I have to say was what kind of got me where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. Um, I was by no means super fast, but I loved being out there. There was like this indescribable feeling um, if anybody who's listening to this uh, has ever run track, then they know what it's like to have your hands behind the line, feet in the blocks, and that gun's about to go off. There's just something about it. Um, I, I liked that track was a very individualized sport where <laughs> if I messed up, it wasn't necessarily like I screwed up something for the whole team, which, I mean, eventually, based on the point system, yes, but Anyway, um, from that, I actually got injured a lot because we didn't have a good strength and conditioning program at our high school. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that. We didn't really lift weights. I, I like, didn't now know. that I lift a lot of weights and I see the benefit and how it carries over metabolically and in other ways uh, to sport performance, I wish that we would have had that. We would have prevented so many injuries, including my own. And I went into, uh, into college getting accepted into one of the most competitive athletic training programs because I spent so much time in the athletic trainer's office getting treatment for injuries. And um, I thought, okay, well, this is the route that I want to go. And if I don't do this, then I'll just go coach track. And, you know, a few major changes. I got out of the athletic training program and then went to, sorry, somebody is uh, (laughs) mowing their lawn. It's all good. Um, Went into athletic training and then got out of that and switched into coaching, actually, to coach PE. Um, And then I saw that my ability to wrangle a bunch of six-year-olds was not great. So I 
went general kinesis and then in grad school, that's when I really focused in on coaching um, to go into teaching. And then once I was done, I had this like, or like in the middle of grad school, I kind of realized that all my years of, you know, being in school and working three jobs, um, I wasn't very healthy despite I the fact that I was learning all this stuff. So um, that 2011 is when I started consistently exercising because, I mean, I had internships and stuff at, the, at gyms uh, for strength and conditioning, um, and they were super, super beneficial to what I do now. Um, and we worked out there, obviously, but, you know, I don't I look at college kids today who are super active and I'm like, how do you do it? Cause I had three jobs and I was in, I was taking like 15 hours a semester. I was slammed. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't have time to take care of myself. And um, I actually noticed in 2011 that I was living this almost like a double life, I guess, where I was mm -hmm. kind of, I was doing a lot of unhealthy things. Like I was drinking a lot, eating a lot of fast food. Um, I didn't sleep very much. I was like stressed out. My relationships weren't super awesome. Um, you know, I was like the party girl. And then I had to shift my identity to be somebody who was like really adamant about being healthy. And some people saw that change happen very quickly. And they're like, Oh, you work out now. And it's taken like so many years to, you know, get to where I'm at now where I have like this extensive knowledge base of health and fitness. And so here I am. And, um, with regards to my training, I have recently, uh, decided to niche what I do to cater to women who have hormonal issues, specifically polycystic ovarian syndrome, also known as PCOS. Um, I was diagnosed with that in 2011. And at the time I was kind of really unsure why this was happening to me, but over the last two years or so, um, my mindset on things has shifted from why is this happening to what is this trying to teach me? So when I reflect back on my diagnosis in 2011, I see that um, that was that's something that I have because I am who I am and I'm social. I have people who follow me on Instagram or wherever. Um, I make a friend everywhere I go. And in that process, I'm able to use my platform to educate people on PCOS or, you know, help women in general regain confidence, feel like they have control of their body, learn how to move properly. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about where everything has kind of taken me because it's been this very uh, not linear route or, you know, at 18, I don't think anybody knows really 100% what they want to do forever, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a very long winded, story about how I got where I'm at and why I do what I do. I want people, want women to feel empowered about themselves and what they can do physically, mentally, um, and nutritionally. So. That's awesome. I think that's really fantastic. Um, I, you know, I, I was thinking while you were saying all this is that you're not necessarily in scholarship per se in academia, but I still think with all the reading and the active work that you do, even teaching others in the way that you do, you know, it is a form of scholarship that is outside of the academic realm. So I would still consider you, uh, you know, a, 
in a way an academic in 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 outside of educational realm right? or outside of university realm at least yeah definitely um just the other day i posted something and i mean i was reading like I don't have access to like databases that like someone like yourself who's pursuing a PhD would have access to, but mm -hmm. I know how to use Google scholar, you know, like, um, I can look up things on PubMed. Uh, st I still get subscriptions to, um, strength and conditioning journals, which I'm not going to lie. I don't read all of them, but, um, I have access to that stuff and it helps because, you know, I think, finding somebody who is interested in the in continuing their education whether that's through an extra certification or just you know staying abreast in current research is very important because um, anybody can hop on the internet and buy like a 30-day program or whatever but your life isn't just 30 days so why limit why box yourself into that definitely have you ever looked into health communication like writing just in general like have you ever looked into it because it seems like um a lot of what you incorporate into like like a lot of the stuff that you do seems very intersectional with uh, health communication like the communication and the media aspect of things and then the health and, and fitness aspect of things i think intersect and maybe that's something that you can look into uh further hi um my dad has always thought that I should go try and write for like women's health magazine or whatever, because writing is actually a strong suit of mine that I should capitalize on more. Um, anybody who's listening to this knows that at least at the basic level that I am a grammar Nazi and <laughs> I will correct anybody and everybody, anyone and everyone, unless your first language was not English. So, um, yeah, if that's what you mean by health communication, I have thought about it. And then I've thought like, well, why would I go? I guess it's just the independent person in me that I'm like, well, why go work for a magazine? Just start your own, you know? But mm -hmm. um, I think if I were to go into that kind of work, I would definitely want to go where something's already established. Mm -hmm. I would be able to learn the processes and procedures and stuff. Um, but also have greater exposure. But yeah, I have thought about that. That's awesome. And so, you know, speaking on all the subject matter about reading and, and even sharing knowledge with others, like what made you interested about wanting to learn more about health and fitness? Like you talked about like um, how you personally uh, wanted to change your lifestyle, but maybe now in the aspect of changing it uh, or helping others with it, what makes you constantly want to learn more about health and fitness? And what do you think is one of the most interesting things that you've learned in this whole process? Um, the most interesting thing I can say rapid fire is the mental health aspect. Mm -hmm. um, I have a friend that's a psychologist and he mentioned to me that there's a lot of what he does in what I do mm -hmm. um, or what psychologists do in what people in the fitness industry do because you can eat all the kale and do all the squats and sit-ups and run all the miles, ride your bike, whatever. But if you can't handle what's going on in your head and your heart and the traumas that you faced um, as a kid or a teenager or even in your adult life, if you can't handle all of those things, then your attempts to become healthy are futile because 
Um, is that how you say that word? Futile? Futile? Futile. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a word that I use very often, but uh, I know how to spell it and I know how to use it in writing. Um, yeah, but it's true. Like, so as far as education is concerned, um, being, I'm somebody who is very self-motivated and there are a lot of people out there who need somebody on them all the time um, or else I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Um, and so learning about human behavior has been huge. I mean, I'm not by any means an expert, but it's helped tremendously. Um, so like from that, I can learn about eating disorders or body dysmorphia. Um, and because I've decided to niche into PCOS, I have to learn any and everything I can about it. I was just reading articles the other day for fun. So I bought books for me to read. I've got like three books on PCOS that I just ordered to really um, develop that knowledge outside of, you know, random internet blogs that I don't consider like peer reviewed resources, you mm -hmm. know? Um, I'm very, I think everybody should be skeptical about <laughs> taking, well, maybe not skeptical, but. Critical, maybe? Yeah, be aware of where you're sourcing your information from on the internet. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that blogs don't have factual data, but they're a blog. Mm -hmm. Did they get that data from a peer-reviewed source? Did they read a book? Mm -hmm. Or did they just go by their own experience and decide to document? Because that's also fine, but because mm -hmm. people like to connect and relate to others, you know, but we also need to know the facts. I think I kind of deviated from your question. No, no, no. I, I still think that it, it's very incorporated into that because um, yeah. it deals with the readings and how you go about reading these articles and stuff. So I think yeah. that's really cool. Um, I was actually reading an article about the body's insulin response to strength training, particularly in um, women with PCOS. So it's all mm -hmm. super interesting. And I mean, you gotta get, you gotta nerd out if you're gonna specialize on somebody's like specific health condition. Um, I mean, it's fine to go into the general fitness, cool, whatever, but mm -hmm. I put this upon myself. So I have to go be a, be a little nerd, you know? Honestly, some of the one of the best uh, advice I've ever heard from somebody is um, one, find something you're passionate about and run with it, and two, nerd out. And um, the both of those were said by my um, thesis director uh, during my master's program, Dr. Ramir, and he told me that. And honestly, I've carried that with me since uh, since then, and it's been kind of like my pedagogical approach to to life you know, and also to, um, to my students as well. And um, it's interesting, uh, like, like speaking about health and, and, and fitness and even sports, like I've, I like, I've really started reflecting on like pedagogical approaches and, um, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure most people know, like, and, and, and you know, because we've been friends for a long time and we're all over social media, like friends and connected and all that. And um, you know, I'm a huge Kobe Bryant fan. And so um and so with, with the passing of Kobe and everything, and even before he passed on, I've always like said, like, I've tried to have that mamba mentality like that. And so I've even incorporated that into the classroom. 
and uh, I tell my kids, or my kids, my students, I, I, they, get, they get pissed when I call them kids. Like, like I want to go, you all like Oh, kids. I bet. Oh, my so gosh. I've so dated if, if people younger and call them kids, and then they're like, whoops. <laughs> if any of my students are hearing this podcast and you hear that I called your kids, I apologize. Um, but <laughs> just the age difference thing. <laughs> but anyway, oops, you did it again. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time, and it probably won't be Same the last. With your heart. Getting lost in the game. Uh, for real. Shout out to Brittany. <laughs> Free Brittany. <laughs> Leave Brittany alone. Or <laughs> um, just bringing popular culture into this now. Um, but uh, going back to that, like I, I tell my students, like, like this, especially earlier this semester, last week I just started teaching again. And so I told my students, okay, my expectations for you in this class is to bring the Mamba mentality. I want you to bring your best and I want you to produce the best work you can and be the best version of yourself as possible. That's what I want for you. Those are the expectations I have. Bring the Mamba mentality. Think critically and and think and and produce the best work possible. And I've started to think, wow, has that become my pedagogical approach, the Mamba mentality? And so I was just like, well, you know, so I've just kind of been reflecting on that lately since it's, um, a couple of days ago was Kobe's birthday. And yesterday was 824, which they call uh, Kobe Bryant Day. And so, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about all that lately. And, and I think it kind of like incorporated into, um, you know, the sports and health and fitness aspect of things, too, because Absolutely. Kobe was all about that drive and intensity too and i think that in in you know and passion you know and i i feel that passion and drive and determination have a lot to do with anything in life and i've noticed that you've always had like a certain passion and drive in all that you do monica oh no i'm gonna call you monica Monica. because okay and here's another thing on my own (laughs) yeah monica and so people need to know this too um you know that's my name People need to know this too that that um you're you're biracial. You're biracial. I am, I am. My last name is Baumgartner. It is German and it means tree farmer. And I recently learned that my uh if we want to be PC about it, I'm half Mexican American, half Caucasian. Um my my Caucasian side is both German and Irish and also a little bit of Native American. Nice. Uh, at this point, I would think that anybody in 2020 is a mix of a lot of things. So um, that's funny. Like I'm reading, I, I just finished reading this book um, from Gloria Anzaldúa. Uh, it's called uh, Borderlands, La Frontera, the New Mestizo. Oh, uh, cool. Mestizo. And she talks about that, how we um, as, as, uh, Mexicanos, uh, Mexicanex, and Chicanos, Chicanex, Latino, Latinaex, whatever um, uh, terminology you want to put, that we're all mixed blood, right? We're all mixed race, and she calls that mestizo. And so I, I feel that, like, uh, you know, we're all, like, especially, uh, like, it's a different way of saying, like, we're all biracial or triracial or quadracial or however, yeah. you know, we're all of different races, you know. And so it's just like a giant melting pot of uh, race there. And so we're all mestizo. And so, yeah, that's the, that's a interesting way of putting it, too. Yeah, I, um, I... 
it's been interesting growing up biracial just because of where I'm from. If anyone's listening to this who is from Denison or Sherman, Texas. Um, sorry, guys. That's my, I don't know how to turn that off on my computer, that little ding. Um, it's primarily white where I was born. And then when I moved to El Paso, when I was 10, um, I got thrown into, you know, this border city where the population is about like 86% Hispanic. And I honestly had no idea that there was like any kind of difference between white people and Hispanics, um, Latinos, Mm -hmm. I guess we should say more all encompassing. Um, you know, which I guess shows that kids don't know these things, but, um, yeah, it's, it's only been in the last couple of years, I would say maybe the last four years that I've really, really, really tried to take in the culture that I feel like I didn't necessarily get as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was so busy with academics from 10 to 18 in El Paso that I didn't really, you know, I mean, you do the cookouts, the quinceañeras, the family gatherings. Like, yeah. yeah, I got that part of it, but there's so much that I didn't get. And so I've been really trying to primarily the language. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to learn Spanish the last two years. Um, it's, been a, it's been quite an experience. And how would you say that this, the, the cultural side of things um, influence your work with the, um, uh, health and fitness aspect. So what I've seen, I did some work for some corporate wellness companies for a number of years. And, um, because I always understood Spanish, I got dubbed as like the, the bilingual person. Mm. And, um, what we would do is we would come into your office and take blood samples, send it off to a lab, or we would test it right there. But like, check your triglycerides, cholesterol, blood sugar, things like that. Um, and then provide health education all within like a 15 minute span. Mm-hmm. And one, that's not enough to like educate somebody on their health. True. Two, um, I had to very, very quickly learn how to speak medical Spanish. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I'm actually one of the people that they still call to this day years later to, um, come in and work some of these events when it's primarily Spanish speaking. And I noticed that there is a wall that goes up when you speak. I, for people who are listening to this, you can't see me. I look white. My last name's white. I am very unsuspecting in terms of speaking Spanish. So, um, there's a wall that goes up when these people see and hear that I can speak to them. Right. And then they start getting into like, telling me all these things like oh well you know like I have diabetes or mm-hmm. they just have all these issues that they can't really discuss with their employer or you know they go to an American doctor and they're just kind of like they just take it for what it's worth whatever's told to them cool you're fine go ahead you know mm-hmm. and I was like there's got to be something there's got to be a better way for us to communicate with those who don't speak English mm-hmm. um, I think I'm getting off track again but no, 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 no. I saw where there was kind of a gap mm-hmm. and it made me want to learn more Spanish to help those people, which I'll talk about what idea I got from that experience working there. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, well, if you want, go ahead. Uh, okay, mention, so I would on, like yeah. future plans. I would like to have a nonprofit organization that brings fitness and nutrition education to these um, Latino communities, which are often underserved. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, growing up in El Paso, for those of you who are listening who are unfamiliar with El Paso, I think the average um annual salary is somewhere in the 30k yeah mark. i don't know i don't know that off the um i mean i lived below the poverty line and i didn't even know it but i mean a lot of people in our neighborhood did i mean um and i just thought to myself these people are also the people who suffer the most from chronic disease like high blood pressure metabolic syndrome which is a combo of high blood pressure, diabetes, and obesity. Um, obesity is a big deal. Um, and there's some like, obviously there's cultural ties to like, you know, being gordito or whatever. It's like a term of endearment, but really like these are things that we have to educate, educate our people on, you know, like mm -hmm. for the first time we have children with lower life, lower life expectancy than previous generations and that bothers me because it starts it starts from the top you know mm -hmm. the adults have to educate the children on how to live a healthy life but if they don't know how to do it themselves then how can they how can they pass that down and a lot of people work in manual labor jobs mm -hmm. where they're exhausted when they yeah. come home so like to tell them oh well you need to go to the gym five times a week like that's asinine and they're not gonna do it you know mm -hmm. um so you know to just bring in the information into these communities and create opportunities for them to learn mm -hmm. is something that i've been kind of mowing over in my head for a couple of years for those of you listening uh, maybe i'm having some failure to launch out of perfectionism but um, I want to make sure that all of my ideas are able to be launched and have like a plan. So I've got some Google Docs and some some people I've been talking to about getting this started. Um, it's nowhere near ready to go yet, but when the pandemic is over, maybe we can all interact and then I can really get going. But yeah, so if anyone's interested in maybe connecting with uh, Monica, let us know. Like, uh, I can connect you, or we'll figure out a way to connect each other, and uh, maybe you can get this, uh, you know, program on the road. You know, that'd be really, really yeah, cool. Yeah, I would need people who are who are bilingual, um, who work in the fitness industry, maybe who work as dietitians, mental health professionals would be huge. Um, there's a lot of stigma around mental health in Latino communities, I feel. Even my my own mom the other day was like, no, we don't need therapy. I'm like, we all do, mom. Um, let's see, what else? Would you say like machismo, machismo had a lot, has a lot to do with it too? Uh, yeah, probably. Okay. I would say for sure. There's kind of like a and I'm better than that. I'm just going to suck it up and deal with it. And then you end up with, I mean, I have multiple interests. Like this whole thing had also spurred like my interest in men's health because 
-hmm. yes, machismo is leads to or has led to unhealthy coping mechanisms mm -hmm. for some people. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's like it's like all encompassing. Mm -hmm. We got to start baby steps. Like, where are we gonna do this? Yeah, yeah. How are we gonna do this? Um, but I think it has um, the propensity to succeed. Chronic cool. disease prevention. That's the goal. That's, that's really interesting. And um, so, so with this idea that you have in mind, do you plan on looking at cultural values and maybe like seeing how you can maybe twerk them in a way that can be educational and also informative towards maybe a healthier living? Maybe like, um, maybe like even food, you know, like we, 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 I know we talked about this like a week or two ago that we were talking about food because food is huge in Mexican culture. Oh God. Yeah. Mexican culture. I went to Guatemala for my birthday in February and, uh, highly recommend visiting this country. People there are so nice and the food is so good. Um, the next country that I have on my list, if we ever get out of this situation is Colombia. Um, and I actually want to spend like two weeks there, but when I travel, um, and I did this when I went to Mexico city or even when I come home and I go to Juarez, I observe what people are eating. Like, what do they have access to? Because if I go into some indigenous community or even just like, maybe not like Antigua is not necessarily something that I would consider, you know, they're not living a non, what's the word I'm looking for? they're not without resources. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not going to walk in there and tell all the women who live in Antigua that they need to start eating Brussels sprouts or asparagus because mm -hmm. that, I mean, yes, sure. They benefit from the micronutrients, vitamins, minerals that are within these foods, but you just have to observe like, what are people, what are people eating and what are they doing? What activities are surrounded around food or centered around food, sorry. Um, what do they value? You know, you have to look into their into their values. Like, how do we create a program that puts health as an entire population's top value? Because mm. honestly, without your health, you don't really have a whole lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at people who are on kidney dialysis. Like, right. they're kind of. Uh, a slave to the to the kidney dialysis machine mm -hmm. and you know if you rewind it you know if you, if you go back in time it'd be like hey we're gonna we need to prioritize our health so that we don't end up here you know i mean right. there's some things that are out of control like if it's genetic it's genetic but um yeah it's a passion project i feel like the pcos training is something that's like kind of uh something that happened to me so that I could help others. Mm -hmm. And then this me kind of investigating my cultural ties mm -hmm. and language food has led and working in corporate wellness has led me to this juncture where I'm like, okay, how, how can I help the people who need it? Mm -hmm. Who maybe feel like they're, they've got some roadblocks with, just communication. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like going back to what you say, like communication is everything. Mm -hmm. um, 
because you know going back like these people they would open up to me and I actually would get in trouble because we had like a 10 to 15 minute limit and they'd be like Monica you're taking too long I said my name in English because that's what they would call me at work um <laughs> they were like you're taking too long I'm like I need more time to tell these people <laughs> how to how to do these things you know yeah yeah so let's, let's talk about another um problem i guess the global problem that we're all facing around the pandemic so i want to like yeah it's like a topic that's on everyone's minds because it's what we're all suffering at the moment and so i want to know like how do you think that this pandemic has changed um like like your your thoughts on health fitness and and our well-being in general and Uh, and, yeah i don't think necessarily to its core that my views on health have changed Mm -hmm. um somebody mentioned to me the other day that we should not do to the to the pandemic but that your focus when you're young should be wealth and you can sacrifice your health as a as a byproduct of your achievement of money Mm-hmm. And to me, the two need to run concurrently. They don't need, you don't need to like sacrifice your health for wealth and then turn around and sacrifice your wealth for health. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been my stance forever. Mm-hmm. Like we should be healthy. We should aim to be the best version of ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So with the pandemic, I truly hope that people have seen that health is of utmost importance and Mm -hmm. you know I believe in God and I think that in some ways this was kind of brought upon us Mm -hmm. to show us that we cannot take these bodies that we live in for granted Mm -hmm. Um, and you know as I mentioned regarding mental health there's a lot that goes into being healthy and being fit um but I think that this has been, this has come to us and that people might think I'm like being really woo-woo and hippy-dippy, but like, I don't know if hippy-dippy is a word, but um, it's here for a reason mm-hmm. to kind of like shake us mm-hmm. and tell us like you need to get with it, mm-hmm. vegetables, wash your hands, take a shower. <laughs> you know uh care for other care for other people yeah Uh, exactly it's exposed who you know who we are particularly americans i feel Mm -hmm. saw something online that said it's the united states of uh me rica and that really really uh struck me um but you know, people are now working out in their house. They're going on walks more. They're uh, riding their bike. I was yeah. not a bike rider before the pandemic, mm-hmm. mostly because I didn't have time. Mm-hmm. Um, we live in these crazy lives that are stressing us out. Um, we go to jobs we hate. We sit all day and then come home to our family, like very drained. And are expected to just do this on repeat till the day we die. Mm-hmm. And now we're all having to 
take a different approach. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people want life to go back to normal. I do. I want to be able to travel. I want to go see my mom. I want to go see my dad. Uh, I actually, I had the virus and my dad had it. Mm-hmm. I got it from him and my dad is um, six years old. Um, and he's a heavier guy and he got really, really, really sick mm-hmm. for two weeks straight. And he, I was so proud of him because he was just getting back to, you know, wanting to take care of his health and then he got sick. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I would hate for people to have to have a virus, tell them that they should take care of their health and their immune system because being healthy really beefs up your immune system, assuming you don't have some kind of autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I find it funny that as a globe, we are promoting only masks and staying inside when we should also be promoting consuming more protein, getting more sleep, drinking more water, uh, eating carbs, uh, eating vegetables, fruits, healthy fats, all of those things will help mm-hmm. not make the virus kick your butt so hard. And I mean, yeah. there are people out there who, who are very healthy and they still get hit with the virus pretty hard. And, right. and then, you know, it's a non-discriminatory virus, but yeah, yeah it's, it's scary. Um, so, I, re- I recently had a family member pass away from, from COVID oh. as well. Um, yeah. yeah um, my, you, you met Alice, my cousin, right? Yeah. yeah her her dad passed away my uncle and so um that was that was pretty heavy news you know and his health wasn't as as good as it um as 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 it can be and stuff he had a lot of other uh medical issues wrong too but you know it just it just sucks at how this um invisible virus has really taken over uh, people's lives in a variety of ways and it's 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 heavy you know it's it's heavy to talk about it's heavy you know as, and you know like you mentioned too that you you've you dealt with it your dad your dad dealt with it um and I know other friends of mine other people I care about too have, have had it and have told me other things too and it, it's just it's a heavy thing to talk about but um but what you also mentioned too is absolutely right that we should be talking about how how to take care of ourselves not just mask and social distancing but the way we eat the way you know movement matters you know um you know vitamins and you know yeah getting back to that talk about um you know culture and how it applies to food like i absolutely do not think that just because you eat mexican food or Mm -hmm. whatever food uh that that makes you unhealthy. I mean, if you eat McDonald's every day, sure, yeah, you're not yeah. your insides are not going to be great. But if you get down to the core of home cooked Mexican meals, it's a lot of plant based items. There's frijoles, tortillas. Um, I mean, there's chicken, obviously. There, but you know, you have like nopales, mm-hmm. uh, jalapenos, any kind of chile that you're using. That's a plant. A corn. Mm-hmm. Corn is a plant. Beans mm-hmm. are a plant. You know, there's fiber all and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's portion sizes, and it's like, oh, hey, Miko graduated kindergarten. We're gonna have a huge party, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And I mean, I feel like lots of cultures do this. Just surround Italians. Yeah, they yeah. A lot of, you know, they also walk a lot in Italy, mm-hmm. not in the United States, but 
yeah um i'm sorry to hear about your uncle alice's dad alice's cool chick shout out to alice <laughs> alice <laughs> Um, yeah, for those of you who don't know my cousin Alice, she's like my little sister and, um, she's a cool kid. Yeah. She's, she's funny. She's a trip. I, I hope to have her on here one day just so she can talk, you know, but I, I asked her like, um, last time I talked to her, um, when I was back in town in El Paso and she's all like, mm, I don't know. You know, she's, she's a sophomore in high school right she's now. So, teenager, too you know, she's, cool. Yeah, she's too cool. She's too cool for it. Um, speaking about teenagers and too cool and, and, mm. <laughs> you know, um, what I find interesting right now is the use of social media and, um, you're very active on social media yourself. And, and like you've mentioned throughout our conversation, you post, um, findings that you've, you, you've read about or really interesting facts and I'll, I'll go through your story and I'm just like, wow, this is really interesting, you know, and you'll even I tell people my dog too. And a lot oh. of bullshit, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, like I said, we, I, we I love, have to survive with, we need some humor, you know, we, we do, we do. We need to have, you know, it, it's a tough time right now. Like we mentioned throughout this whole conversation. Take care of your mental tough. health. Get a good laugh in. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And, um, so I'm curious about how do you think, um, what do you think? One, okay, this is a multi-layered question. So okay. one, um, how do you think that social media has really changed the landscape of, of health and fitness? And, um, and two, what do you think about the TikTok generation? And how do you think that, you know, people within that generation with shorter attention spans too, let's be realistic. Um, how can you uh, use this type of platform um, to to really emphasize uh and educate others um about health and and uh fitness and okay so the first question was how has social media kind of changed the landscape yeah yeah um i have said this numerous times that i wish what's on instagram now had mm -hmm. been on instagram when i was 24 mm -hmm. when instagram kind of came about or mm -hmm. got popular. It got popular. It started in 09, but I didn't have an Instagram till like 2012. Um, but uh, there's, I feel like there is a bigger push to follow accounts that resonate with like what you do. Um, mm -hmm. So I follow a lot of fitness professionals, but I try to follow people who have higher level certifications like Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting. I've competed in powerlifting, so I follow some of the powerlifting athletes. Um, maybe not some of the big name ones, but like local that I've met and meet. Um, plus my own coach, shout out to Danny. Um, yeah, there's a lot of educational information on there. There's stuff that teaches trainers how to market. There's... Um, stuff out there that teaches physical therapists how to go cash practice. Uh, there's a lot of whatever, whatever specialty you want to find on Instagram, you can by a simple mm. hashtag search. So if you're interested in like low testosterone, you could literally type in low testosterone in the search bar and you're going to get, I don't know how many posts it'll come up and you can filter through and be like, you know what? This person seems pretty educated. They have a PhD in whatever and follow them. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think social media has changed, uh, in the, in a good way for that. However, what it has also brought on is, uh, the Instagram fitness influencer and 
I'm just going to say this right now. It's possible to be educated and influence people. It's also very possible to be uneducated and influence people incorrectly because what does not work are wraps, skinny tees, Herbalife, Flexus, calling out all these brands. I don't give a damn. Uh, Thrive. What's another one? Kiani. I don't know. Kiani. Oh my God. There's so many things out there that are complete and utter bullshit. And people buy into it because some girl or guy has the aesthetic, the physique that they want, regardless if their body is capable of achieving that based on bone structure and metabolism. Like if you're five foot two and a more muscular, I mean, I'm five, five, uh, I would say I have more of like an athletic or thicker build than a lot of these girls that are like, you know, five foot 10 who are really thin. Like I'm never going to look like them. I'm not built for that. So there's a lot of stuff going on. I had to unfollow people who just had abs all year round because it was, it's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of unrealistic shit out there on the internet. And uh, if you think that these people are not on steroids, you're crazy because nobody has abs like that all year long without extreme measures that are unhealthy, whether that's with drugs or without. But the key word there is extreme measures. Mm-hmm. And there's also a certain genetic potential that people reach in strength training which they can assist with uh, or they can enhance with performance drugs. And you know what? If people want to be open about their PED use, sure, cool. But it just it goes back to being like unrealistic expectations that people have based on what they see on the internet. Oh, he did it. Nobody's looking at Usain Bolt and being like, oh, he runs 100 meters in nine point whatever seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to do it too. Like, most people cannot, you know, and it's great to like have goals and want to like achieve something that you've seen somebody else achieve, but you have to be realistic about what, sorry guys, I don't know how to turn that off um, on my computer, about what you can do. So it's been shaped both positively and negatively mm-hmm. by social media in that mm-hmm. it's educational, but then there's also a bunch of unrealistic crap out there mm-hmm. um, and stuff that's like not science-based. Um, Again, going back to academia, like peer-reviewed things, you know, a lot of people who don't have certifications out there who are spreading their, their quotes, knowledge. Um, and then as far as the TikTok generation, kids with low attention spans, um, I don't have a TikTok. I don't want one. But I do know some people that have used TikTok in a positive way to educate people. And these are some of the people I see on Instagram. They kind of just take their videos from TikTok and bring them over um, and post them in like uh, their story or directly onto their feed. And they provide valuable information. So I think TikTok is great for that to do it like in quick spurts, you know, like Mm -hmm. let's say I wanted to talk about the benefits of eating an apple, I could be like, oh, it has this vitamin and this amount of fiber and fiber does this and apple a day keeps the doctor away if you throw it hard enough, you know? Um, but, <laughs> um, yeah, like as far as the other stuff that's on TikTok, which seems to be a lot of like dance challenges or like movement challenges, yeah, 
that could be used to their advantage because um, I don't know how TikTok operates if you can like say, hey, I have a YouTube channel also, follow me there. Mm-hmm. But if there's kind of like a cross or like intersectionality between TikTok or Instagram Reels and like a YouTube channel, you could be like, hey, want to learn how to do this? I don't mean TikTok, I'm assuming, has like a time limit on what you can post. There's yeah. People to uh-huh. your YouTube where you can educate them like further, but you grab their attention with the short video or create a challenge like, hey, today do 10 push ups and film it and let's see who all does it. You know, like when the pandemic started, there were so many push up challenge things getting posted all over Instagram and I didn't participate in a single one of them. I'm outing myself. I don't care. I got tagged 16 times a day. I was not doing it. Like I did a few like, but I didn't film it. I just didn't feel feel the need, but I was like, cool. I'm not going to do 200 pushups every day just because somebody else is doing it on the internet. Like Mm -hmm. I have, this is like go time for business, you know, or I was sewing so many masks. That was my job for like, Six mm-hmm. weeks was sitting at the sewing machine. Um, which, if anybody needs a mask, call hit, it. Up, hit up Monica, like straight up. She's making some awesome masks with different designs. Um, and and so yeah, definitely like um, check I out will. her Instagram page or uh, where else are you posting it up on? You have a. Uh, a, a I thought about making like a little square website, but. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hit up Monica for for some like uh, COVID protection masks and all that um you know she makes them by hand adds a little filter in there and everything and um they're they're really high quality really nice and really cool designs too but yeah tiktok people tiktok challenges would probably be probably work um i think because it's teenagers who are easily impressionable Mm -hmm. educating them on health and fitness is probably now's the time to do it mm-hmm. because they're going to either outgrow it kind of how we outgrew MySpace. Mm-hmm. I'm not super active on Twitter anymore. Yeah. Twitter has become like this political, political, uh, battleground. Yeah. We have a Twitter fingers turned yeah. to trigger fingers president, but, uh, <laughs> Without getting, I'm not getting into politics. I'm just saying, just call on Twitter what it is. Political battleground. Uh, <laughs> and it's also like a news source, or at least that's what I use it for. Yeah, um, yeah. People are visual learners. Visual. They want to get their information visually, or mm-hmm. they wouldn't have the news or movies or, you know, mm-hmm. Instagram. So, I mean, there's, in, if you think about the names of these platforms, Insta, like I put my grandma on speed dial, call that Instagram. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be here all night, people. Um, no, but like instant mm-hmm. gram, like instant picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, or TikTok. TikTok is literally seconds on a clock. So you've got very minimal time to capitalize on somebody's attention span. Teenagers don't have much of an attention span for anything. So, yeah, I think challenges or, you know, something that kind of directly links them to your website or YouTube channel that has more information and greater depth. Because people know when they get into YouTube, it's going to be like a longer video. True. 
So they understand that once they're making that switch to that app, they're making a commitment to watch a video that has really annoying commercials too. Very true. Stop YouTube. Get rid of those. <laughs> they're going to want you to do that YouTube red or whatever. We have to pay for it. God. The yeah. premium. Another, uh, another subscription. Right. Um, so on a final note, Monica, I was curious, what are some other projects you have going besides this, uh, the, the project they mentioned earlier? Oh, let's see. I think that's kind of it. Like that is the biggest thing that I'm doing besides mm -hmm. trying to learn Spanish. I actually mm -hmm. was on the phone with somebody the other night and they put me on the spot like wanting me to speak Spanish. And I was like, I froze every word that I know in Spanish left my brain. And that's when it kind of hit me where I was like, one day I'm going to be on the spot. Like maybe it's in front of somebody's family or maybe it's like me giving a presentation and all the Spanish that I've worked so hard to learn. Like I can't let that happen again because I literally froze. Mm -hmm. And so it's really lit a fire under my butt to uh, keep practicing. Um, so I would say shaping my shaping my identity through language is a big project I'm working on. Um, and that's more like a self project. Um, and until I feel more comfortable with that, I don't want to overload myself. I read something that said that all of our brains are kind of overworking right now and highly stressed due to the pandemic. Cause we're like mm -hmm. in this weird purgatory state where we're like, are we quarantined? Are we not? Should we mm -hmm. go out? Should we not? Like I'm tired of this. There's quarantine fatigue. Like everybody's like, way more stressed out than they need to be or should be. Um, I'm almost like, was our life before less stressful or not? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, just developing, further developing my training business um, within my niche and my cultural, I, I, don't, I don't really have a name for it yet, but my project of bringing health and health, fitness, and nutrition education to Lower socioeconomic populations, beginning in the Latino community. That is my biggest project that nice. I will be working on for quite some time. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so for people I interested. Like I, I spoke it. I, now I got to really do it. Yeah. Make it happen. Make like it happen. That. Make it happen. You know, um, I, I want you to do it. I want you to do it. I want you to make it happen. And um, I, I believe in you. You know, I've always uh believed in the different projects that you have going i've always believed in the work that you put out and and the type of work that you you uh pursue and, and do you've always been a hustler and a person that really is a go-getter and i think that that's really awesome and uh that's that perseverance and that drive that you always have whether it's in your health and 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 your fitness goals or in your entrepreneurial goals. I think that that's really something really uh, admirable about you, Monica. And I think that's really, you know, like to say you're a badass, like straight up you are, you're, you're an awesome, awesome person. And that is very inspirational. And Thank I think you. that that's really, really cool. I have a, I have a shirt that says chingona. And whenever I put my hoops on and do my little eyeliner wing, I feel like I'm really. It, it is. It's true. It's true. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what chingona means, it means badass, like female badass. That's what it is, you know, female awesome person. But it's like a, it's like a slang or a bad word in Spanish. But you know, it's become a term of empowerment too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, ordered a, I ordered a shirt the other day that that says Guerrera across the, oh, cool. across the top, and I'm really excited for that one to come in 
um, I believe that means it's warrior, right? Warrior, warrior. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah warrior. Um, yeah, female warrior. Yeah, I'm all, I got tattoos. I've got, you know, I just, it's going to really live it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's, you're about that life and that's what's up, you know? Um, but I, I also want to say before, before we wrap up this episode, um, what are, where are some places that people can check out your work or like contact you or follow you on the socials and all that good stuff? Um, okay. So I am on, uh, Instagram and Twitter as the bomb body. That's B A U M. So T H E B A U M B O D Y. Uh, I'm not super active on Twitter am super active on, um, Instagram. And then on Facebook, you could look up bomb body fitness. Uh, primarily everything that I do is on Instagram just cause it's easier to post photos there. Um, and obviously, you know, things like Snapchat are reserved specifically for my very close friends. So do not request my Snapchat information. People I've had some strangers ask for that. And I'm like, no, that's weird. If I were like, famous maybe but then i would be i would have like a paid account or whatever they're called a, probably just a private account like personal actually account. no the, like, yeah, the paid accounts are like yeah it's totally yeah, diff- it's a totally know. different thing it's a totally, totally different, different thing, thing. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, no. I was like no it's a different thing no, like, keep like, it personal keep it personal I'm old hold on no keep like kylie jenner, kylie jenner has her own you know, snap, but just people I'm on Instagram mostly. So hit me up on the gram. Cool deal. So yeah, if anyone's interested in, in, uh, working with Monica in the future or hitting, uh, um, getting information on, uh, your health and, and maybe fitness plans or anything like that, Monica has some really cool stuff. And, um, I know from personal experience, I've, I've worked with her before, um, when I was, uh, <laughs> on a diet and also during my, fi- uh, when I was training for a 5k and, and things like that. And she really, really does some great stuff and provides really great information. And, um, she's just a great person in general. So, um, she's one of the coolest people I know. Uh, and so I got nothing but love for her and she knows that, um, you know, we've been friends for such a long time and, and, uh, she's one of the coolest people I know. Like I truly genuinely mean that. So, um, Monica, thanks for being a guest. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm honored that I was the first person to come on this season. And, uh, to anybody who's listening, who maybe thought, oh my God, this girl is like rambling and getting off topic. Like, welcome to my brain. It's like 45 tabs on the internet open at the same time. So (laughs) me, let's see a girl. I'm working on it. You know, I'm not perfect. I think uh, I do what I do because I know what it's like to struggle. So uh, I recently signed up for like a business mentorship course and uh, was chatting with the the girl and she's like, yeah, you just got to be a few steps ahead of people um, to show them the way. That's really helped shift my thinking in uh, how I do things. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, again, if anyone's interested in following uh, Monica and and the progress that she makes with her projects and again with uh, health related uh, uh, and fitness related questions or anything in relation to that, Monica's your girl. So with that being said, everyone take care of yourselves, stay strong, stay healthy, and I'll talk to you all very soon. See you in the next episode. See ya. Don't catch the Rona. Again, Monica, thanks so much for being a guest on Academics on Amigos Season 2, the first episode. Thank you so much for listening to each and every one of you. Be sure to follow Monica on Instagram at 
the bomb body, which is the B-A-U-M body. Okay, so be sure to give her a follow and uh, check out her work there. Until next time, my friends, be cool, stay awesome, stay safe, and stay healthy. Talk to you all very soon. Bye.